Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. All right, so so it's it's really important uh, to pray. Somebody say it's important to pray. Um, and and uh, I thank God. Somebody say thank God. We are living in the new covenant. You know, how many of you realise that there's only so much that you can say in your own language? I'm just going to tell you flat out. There's only so much that you can pray in your own ability with your own vocabulary and you might have a very vast one. You might be, you know, one of the most intelligent people on the face of the earth and you can pray and, and you might use every word in the dictionary. But even at that, you're going to run out of words uh, before it becomes r- repetition, before it becomes vain babblings. Are you with me? Anybody with me? Your spiritual language, on the other hand, is a spiritual language that speaks mysteries and is is releasing the will of God for my life, for your life. Somebody say that when I pray in the Spirit, Spirit. the will of God God. is being released released. for for my life. And we're going to get into that point here as one of the reasons, and I'm going to try to go through them as quickly. Some of them are all because of the working of the Holy Spirit. So I'm putting it under the nine reasons why we should pray in tongues or nine reasons to pray in tongues. I'm going to add them and I'm going to go through quickly. But there's such a great importance on the subject. You know, we have our prayer meeting, like I said, on Monday nights and um, and we've been doing this now for close to a year already. And, you know, right in the beginning stages, you know, we prayed a lot in tongues and we still do that on Monday nights and then we flow, like I said. But a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, people that were attending on there couldn't necessarily understand why we prayed so much in tongues or they'd never attended a prayer meeting where there was so much, uh, that, that, that was so much usage of tongues was there in the prayer meeting. And, and that wasn't a negative thing. It was more of a, uh, we haven't seen that kind of a prayer meeting before. Amen. The greater point to this is found in the book of Romans chapter one. Somebody say this, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. is the ultimate, the ultimate. intercessor. Say that one more time. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate intercessor. The Bible says that in the book of Romans, the eighth chapter. So I'm not gonna go to the direct verse, but if you wanna know it, read the whole chapter. It'll help you to read the whole chapter anyway. It's power packed. And if you wanna really fall off your chair because that chapter, I mean, I'm just loving that chapter right now. If you really wanna fall off your chair because of how it's described in a greater fashion, read it in the Passion Translation. Just so, 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 so powerful. So the Holy Spirit is our great intercessor. He is the great intercessor. And the book of Romans declares that, and we're gonna get to this point here, but I wanna just kind of lay a foundation and then we'll jump right in. So it astounds me in the sense of we must become a people who pray in tongues. And when I use the word tongues or spirit, I'm meaning we must pray in the spirit. When I'm saying praying in the spirit, I'm also saying praying in tongues, all right? Now, I am blown away throughout the New Testament. 
Because of course, we only have this dimension of seeing the Holy Spirit operate in the life of the believer starting from the book of Acts chapter two. When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, when He fell upon the church, The Bible says the building was shaken where they were in. The Bible says that there appeared cloven tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. Who's them? The 120 that were in the upper room. And the Bible then declares that they all began to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. They weren't talking in their own languages. They were speaking in a language other than their own. And partially on the day of Pentecost, some of that gift of tongues was also them speaking in other languages, like other foreign languages that they didn't even know that they were speaking in. They were English, but some of them were speaking in Chinese. Well, I wouldn't say Chinese. I doubt there were Chinese people right there on that day. Not that it's not impossible. I'm just saying they, they, they were speaking whatever languages were in their immediate vicinity. Are you with me? But the, perp, the point that I'm trying to lay the foundation about here is that the Bible is, Paul himself says, I pray in the Spirit. In fact, that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. He says, I thank God. I, not even, he didn't even use the word Spirit. He says, I thank God. I speak in tongues more than all of you. Well, that's a pretty arrogant statement, right? No, it wasn't. He, he was saying, I mean, listen, if we're gonna go down on the, on the level of speaking in tongues, I'm, saying, I'm using the Scripture here to show you Paul himself talks about, he didn't say I'm praying in the Spirit or my known language or I pray more than all of you. He said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. And then to attach it to this one thing, and if I could just shut the door, walk out the building today, making this point alone, it would be the only point that would validate anything that I have to say today as far as praying in tongues goes. Because in Romans 8, it says that, that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us as we pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. And then the Holy Spirit is interceding for us as we pray the perfect will of God. Somebody say this, when I pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit, my perfect intercessor, who is interceding for me, is releasing the perfect will of God into my life, which then begs the next question. If by praying in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, our great intercessor, is accompanying that prayer through His divine intercession for us and the will of God is being released as a result of praying that way, then would you not consider praying tongues the most powerful form of prayer available to you in terms of releasing the will of God for your life. Come on. How we have overlooked this incredible language that we have. You can pray, Paul talks about praying in your known language. He's saying, look, there's a time that we can pray in the Spirit. We're not, and there is a setting and there is, there is context what the Apostle Paul is talking about. In certain settings, he's saying, don't just pray in tongues. What, of what profit will it be to them that are hearing you if they don't even understand what you're saying? Yeah. Amen. So we've run with those kind of Scriptures and we've kind of 
shrugged, praying in the spirit under the carpet. Number one, he was talking about being in a physical setting where there were many people. Or if you're gonna pray in the Spirit, make sure that you have an interpretation for what you're saying so that it doesn't just benefit you because when you pray, you edify yourself. Say that when I pray in tongues, I edify myself. So don't just pray to edify yourself when you're in a public setting, but pray in a manner that when you are praying in the Spirit, make sure that you interpret it for somebody else so that you can encourage them. And then it talks about prophecy being coupled together with praying in tongues. But the usage of your prayer language is, is, is all over the Scripture. The usage of your prayer language in a public setting, the usage of your prayer language in a private setting. If you are edifying yourself by speaking in tongues, then it's okay when you're on your own. Hey, how many of you like to edify yourself? The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord, but he couldn't even do what we do in terms of edifying or exhorting and encouraging yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Edify, praying in the Spirit edifies you. So pray in the Spirit to be edified. Pray in the Spirit to release the will of God. Pray in the Spirit to unlock the mysteries of heaven. Come on, somebody. I marvel because I go to so many Christian websites. And, and here, you've got to understand, I have no spirit, I have no critical spirit. I love my brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Not, there's no critical uh, uh, slant here. I'm only addressing something that I see. It's okay to talk about things. You know, one of the greatest moves of actually being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, of course, number one is the day of Pentecost, but I'm talking about in the modern day world, the, 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 the awakening of this gift of our spiritual language was all the way in Azusa Street in the early 1900s. Amen. And so a great move of the Spirit was birthed out of that. Along with that that came, you know, that movement broke out through all the, throughout the whole earth with William Seymour. And, and that broke out everywhere. And then another wave of the Spirit in different forms broke out. But it was part of the a foundational move that brought on other things that God then built upon those things. Exactly. But I'm bringing all of that to say this because my point is still this. I cannot tell you how we started and how many denominations that have, abominations, I mean denominations. And I'm not knocking denominations here. That's not what I'm saying. That started out good. That started out in the spirit. It's like, it's like the book of Galatians. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? That you started out in the Spirit, but now you've ended up in the flesh. You started out being empowered. The source of what birthed you came out of the power of the Spirit and you have departed from that into the flesh 
And the majority of us making that departure, you know, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. What I'm talking about doesn't happen overnight. It's a slow departure. It's like, it's like a, 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 an object that you can, you know, attach a piece of string to this metal ball in the middle in the centre hanging here is this metallic object, uh, uh, sorry, a magnet in the middle. And then you can throw that marble, that metal marble around it and that thing will just continue to go around and around and around because there's just enough mag- mag- magnetic force to keep it in proximity to the magnet and then keep it going around. That the motion of life continues used to go. And the departure is, is that the minute you begin to breach that force, you begin to get further and further away from it and that magnetic force is no longer there. And then you have to depend on the arm of the flesh to try and accomplish for God what He already gave you, His power and what His power was designed for you to operate in. Amen? So I go to websites and I look at these churches, beautiful websites, lovely. I wish I could have a lot of how they do things and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on there. We'll get there in Jesus' name. Because we do want to, exactly. We do want to represent the kingdom of God as best as we can. All right. But anyway, the point being is is that you look at the, the statement of faith. And most of these places are tongue-talking places that have removed the baptism of the Holy Spirit outside of their their statements of faith. And you can go to some of these places and you will hear tongues so far dimmed down that you, you, you wouldn't know. So anybody can be accommodated in the building because we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to offend anybody over the Holy Spirit. I'm not, and I'm talking about people that should be growing in the things of the Lord. And I'm all okay, I'm, I'm 100% okay. Just like when Paul says, look, if you're just yabba dabba dabba doing, you know, uh, you know, I tie your tie, you tie my tie. Come on, come on. Should have bought a bought a Honda. Should have bought a Suzuki. Whatever. That's a joke, y'all. If you're just doing that for the sake of looking spiritual, or if you're just looking to do that uh, uh, without somebody else's understanding, don't offend somebody intentionally. Come on. But at least be able to let's instruct the church. Let's show them what the Word of God says about it. Amen. So I want to encourage us as a, and if you haven't got that prayer language yet, we're not going to condemn you if you don't, but let's, let's create certainly through this teaching or through what I'm talking about, at least let's create a, 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 a platform or a foundation of faith for you to say, okay, I've been fighting this for a long time. I desire to have this in my life. And, and, then, and then let's believe God and let's lay hands on you. Let's get you filled with the Holy Ghost and let's get you plugged into the source of heaven and let's, let's begin to see the Lord begin to shift things in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Whatever happens in the earth first 
happens through praying. Everything that manifests in your life from heavenly places is first done through praying in the Spirit that those things are being released. Because if I'm praying the will of God by praying in the Spirit, and if the will of God is being released as I'm praying, therefore it puts heaven on assignment to manifest the things that God needs to bring into your life especially pertaining to His will being accomplished for you. So why would we not want something like that? Come on, I feel like I'm, I'm feeling like I'm at Heaven's dealership today. You know, you've got the Ford dealership, you've got the Land Rover dealership. I am on, I'm here on behalf of Heaven's dealership saying we have this wonderful, amazing gift. It's free and why wouldn't you want it? Come on, sign on the dotted line. I have some contracts we can get you into. It's an eternal contract of the goodness of God. And he's saying, listen, if you will just come and get a hold of this thing, I'm gonna begin to revolutionize your life in a way that you have never seen before. (laughs) How many reasons have I gone through? (laughs) I haven't touched any of the reasons yet. (laughs) But I'm, I'm being pretty blessed myself. Come on, can we, can we, I mean, is this blessing anybody here today? And for the hour that we live in, it is imperative. You know, I'm, again, you know, just when you hear, you, you're, you came to visit me at the dealership of heaven today. I'm still in the dealership of heaven and I'm still talking to you right now and I'm giving you my pitch. Oh, baby. Oh, my. Look at that little thing. Okay, that's it. We're stopping right here. Let's all stare at the baby. <laughs> My goodness. But we, 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 we want to be able to have that. My, my, my spin is, is why, would, why would we want to miss out on all that God has for us. From Genesis to Revelation, why do we wanna miss out on anything that is available to us through this living Word? We can, we, you know, come on. I mean, like if you're here and, 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 and maybe this, maybe, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you're here and, and you've been taught differently along these lines. And that's okay, I'm not here to bash you at all. I'm just trying to tell you that that this is all available inside of the Word of God for you. And, 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 And if we just take it to, not that Paul ever appealed to the logic of men. He said, look, I came to you in fear and trembling and, and that, that your faith might not rest in, 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 in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He didn't come with eloquence. He didn't come with, to appeal to your head to try and impress you. Paul never came with it. I'm not trying to do that. But, but, but in, in the sense of, you know, God also put, somebody say this, God gave me a brain and He gave me some logic. So just to appeal to that for a second here, just to appeal to, to, to some logic, I would rather be on the side of the fence of 
getting everything that's available to me than to be on the side of the fence that tells me, oh, you can't do that. You can't have that. I would rather, what? because guess what? The guy that has something to lose is the one that's pushing back versus the one that's going, God, I want everything that you have for me. I've got nothing to lose on this side of the fence, but on this side of the fence, you've got something to lose. If we can just appeal to you there at that level, does that help you? The manifestation that, ga- that, that the manifestation that came with the gift of the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues. Amen. Amen. The manifestation that came with the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues. Yes. The Holy Spirit showed up and they began to speak in other tongues as an evidence. Acts chapter two, just so I can read it for you so that I'm not just babbling off here. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. First Corinthians 14 verse two, for one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but he speaks to God. When you pray in the Spirit, you're not trying to appeal here, you're appealing here. It is your spiritual language, spirit to spirit. Just notice how it words it there. What's it talking about? Your language? Your earthly language or your spiritual language? For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. So, so unless, and so what by contrast is saying, for one who speaks in his language is speaking to men in his own language. So if you're not speaking to men in your own language, you're appealing to God. Are you with me? Um, why am I bringing that in? To show you that this thing called tongues is all over the Scripture. Jesus commanded us to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter one, verse four and five says, gathering together, He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father, what the Father had promised, which He said, you have heard from me for John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then just a couple of days later, the Holy Spirit showed up and the evidence of the Holy Spirit showing up was also them was speaking in tongues and the evidence of them showing up was also proof that what Jesus did and who He said He was, was in fact the truth. Amen? Come on. We do not have a, oh, come on, somebody. We do not have a dead faith. We are not a religion. We are a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus. And He did everything so that we could be reconciled with the Father. And on top of it, He's saying, listen, in your earthly manner, as it were, you you can pray in your own language if you want to, and you will accomplish 
some things. And, and sometimes when you pray in your own language, how many of you realise um, that, that, that at some point in your life, you, you said something and then years down the line, you completely re-looked at what you said before and you go, oh, man, I can't believe I said that or I can't believe I did that. At the time you were completely uh, in agreement with what you said, but later on down the line, then you realise, whoa, what did I say? So in other words, in your own capacity and by your own logic and reasoning in the natural, you can pray and pray things that are contrary to the will of God because while you feel that's the will of God right now, it might not be necessarily beneficial to you right now. And that's why God gave you a language that will bypass all of that so that you don't even know what you're praying, but you're praying to Him and He's going, I will release the will of God for your life. And we have to trust the Lord that as we pray in the Spirit, that we posture ourselves in faith. When I pray in the Spirit, the will of God is being released for me. When I pray in tongues, the will of God and heaven is moving on my behalf. And and there must be a certainty of it and there must be an expectation so that all of heaven is moving on your behalf, bringing about the perfect plan of the Father for you. John chapter 14, 16 through 18. It says, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper that He may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth whom the whole world cannot receive because it does not see Him nor know Him. But you know Him because He abides with you and He will be with you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And so He's saying, I will send you the helper. His name is his name is the Holy Spirit. Some circles, he is the mighty Holy Ghost. Come on, every once in a while I'll get excited and I'll go with Holy Ghost because it just feels so much more Pentecostal. Glory to God! I got the Holy Ghost. But He gave us the Holy Spirit to be our helper. He empowered you with the ability to have to have many things, but one of, one of those most one of those powerful weapons in your life is for you to be able to pray in the Spirit. And he says, "I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you." So we haven't been orphaned. Say that I am not orphaned. I am a child of God. I am a part of the family of God. So He didn't leave you alone. He didn't orphan you. He reconciled you so that like in Romans chapter 8, this is why I'm saying Romans 8 is so powerful, that you have the ability to cry out, Abba, Father, because you were once orphaned, but you are no longer orphaned. You're not alone. Say this, I'm not alone. He said He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, Don't be drunk with wine, for that that is dissipation, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. 
be filled with his empowering abilities. And I like this here, and I'll just stop here just to kind of, not rabbit trail, but sort of rabbit trail. How many of you realise that when you were in the world, okay, not that we're trying to, you know, we don't look back, you know, don't, <laughs> he looks back to the plough is not worthy of the kingdom. We're not trying to look back. And the context there is when you look back is those who look back in regret. Those who look back and go, man, I still desire my old life. All right, that's what it's talking about. So, so those who look back, uh, 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 you know, are not worthy of the kingdom of God. But, but how many of you can look back and say, look, I mean, in the years of my stupidity, how many of you ever been uh, intoxicated with, the, with earthly spirits that come in bottles? All right, how many of you have ever woken up the next morning going, oh my goodness, what did I do? And your friends are telling you, hey, do you know what happened last night? And sometimes, they, you know, if you, were, if you were maybe in the time where the smartphones had just started, they had you on camera or they took pictures of you and you're like, no. Come on, truth. So in your drunken stupor, you were empowered under the influence of alcohol that took your inhibitions away from you. In other words, it empowered you to to do things that you would normally say no to in a heartbeat being sober. How many of you realise that drinking alcohol will do that to you? You end up doing things that you would never normally do. You have a new boldness that comes on you. You've been, you know, come on, I'm just painting some pictures here that, that, that you know, you, you like this young lady or whatever, men, and you, were, you, you ended up getting drunk, but you didn't want to say a word to her, but now you're drunk. I mean, you're all happy. You had too many beers or whatever it is, cold pops, whatever you call them, and, and you, you put too many down, and all of a sudden you're bold now. I mean, you're, you're, you're not even reaching out to tell her you like, I mean, you're trying to give her a wet one right away. But in the natural, in your sobriety, you, you wouldn't do that. Come on. So the Bible says here, and do not be drunk with wine. Where you are empowered, of, empowered by, by alcohol that will lead you to do things that you would never say, that, you would, that, that your conduct would be messed up. And how many of you re- realise a lot of your reputation goes out the back door? Don't be drunk with that stuff that's gonna ruin your reputation or cause you to do things that you know you shouldn't be doing. And then it says here, but be filled with the Spirit. So there's a contrast. Allow the Spirit of God to be your divine empowerer. So if you can get drunk in the natural, there is also a place in the Spirit that you can be drunk, so to speak. In fact, if you think I'm making that up, the Bible says in the book of Acts that when Peter got up to preach after Pentecost and the Holy Spirit showed up and they were all speaking in tongues and and, and the people said, uh, Peter got up and said, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, saith the Lord, I shall pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. But he says, these are not drunk. In other words, for Peter to say, look, these are not drunk as you think. 
So obviously they appeared to be drunk. They were besides themselves with the power of God. Come on, let me just ask you in this room here, when the power of God shows up and you feel the tangible presence of God, does it not move you? Are you not beside yourself? Some people will begin to laugh with a holy laughter. And by the way, that's also in the Bible because he says, he says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And when you get to heaven one day, do you think that you're gonna look like death warmed up? Or do you think like you're gonna look like you're baptised in lemon juice? No, it's gonna be a place of complete ecstasy. It's gonna be a a place of complete joy. It's gonna be holy ecstasy. And all you're gonna be able to do is just smile. Smile so big, it's beyond any earthly capacity to smile. So don't be drunk in the natural, but be drunk in the spirit. Why? Because how many of you realise why I'm saying that to bring context to it all is that it takes faith to accomplish the will of the Lord. And it's going to take the help of the Holy Spirit. If what you feel is the will of God for your life, you can do in your own strength. You have no need of God because you can do it yourself. So in other words, if you were drunk and you couldn't say no to things that you would normally say no to, when you are in the Spirit and you know the task is so big, it's gonna require a lot of faith. When you get into the Spirit, He gives you the faith to say yes to the things you would not normally say yes to. When you are drunk, you normally say, you, you, you know, you, you would say no to the things that you would not, you would say yes to the things you would normally not say uh, uh, yes to. But when you are in the Spirit, you begin to say yes to the things that you would not normally say yes to. Why? Because you're in the Spirit, in the atmosphere of His presence, where faith is present, that when you look at the, uh, whatever is going, come on, are you with me? Please, come on, somebody. It's like, it's like I need a miracle today and Jesus, Jesus demonstrated and He said to His disciple, go down to the first fish, catch the fish, open its mouth and you'll find a a, a coin in the mouth and that'll take care of the need. Come on, God wasn't short of ways of bringing the miracles, but you have to be in the Spirit in order to say yes to the things because if you're gonna lean in the arm of the flesh, you're gonna lean into the reasoning of the mind and you will stay sober and outside of the realm of faith where all things become possible. How many of you glad you came to church today? You know, I'm being honest with you. I'm glad I came to church too. Y'all, y'all don't believe me, right? I mean, I'm telling you, I'm glad I came to church. I promise you. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful. Why? Why would I say that? Because most of what's coming out of my mouth, I didn't dream up. Everything I'm saying, I'm like, you know, but it's just rolling like a flowing river. I mean, where does it come? I don't know. It comes from Him. And I'm so glad because while you're listening to it, I'm listening to it. I'm saying, my God, hallelujah. Amen. 
I come prepared like it all depends on me, but I arrive like it all depends on him. So that I can be in the overflow. The scriptures, number three, exhort us to be filled with the Spirit and to pray in the new tongues of our spirit language. I'll say that one more time. The Scriptures exhort us to be filled with the Spirit and to pray in the new tongues of our spirit language. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 25 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit of God working in me, oh, uh, we Okay, so let's understand. But the fruit of the Spirit, whose Spirit? God's Spirit. The, the fruit of the Spirit working in us. When we tap into that Spirit, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit that is designed to be our helper. And as we pray, how many of you realise that if you, if you and, and I'm not making this, a, come on, let's just understand something here. We are not a performance-based church. We are not a works-based ministry. Everything we do is because of a response of what He's already done for us. We're not engaging God from the position of it's what I do that causes God to respond to me. No, 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 no. We do what we do because we know heaven has already responded to everything that we need. So we're coming to Him from a posture of He's already richly provided all things. So when I come Come to him. I don't have to beg him for what he's already given to me. I'm coming to him rather from the place of thank you for what you've given me, and therefore I'm going to pray in the spirit because when I do, I want to tap into everything you've given me. I want everything that empowers me to walk in joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against all these things, there is no law. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its. Uh, passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit who empowers us, let us also walk by the Spirit. And then that would be the manifestation of the life of the Spirit cycling through us as believers. Because it'll help you to operate in patience where you need, when you need patience. It's going to help you not to walk in bitterness when somebody offends you. It's going to help you overcome. Why? Because all of those things are designed to take you out, bring you into the natural. And, 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 and you, want, you want those things to be functioning because, listen, it keeps the, 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 the communication lines open and wide and stops you from entering into a place where you feel like you can't hear. God's not speaking to you. And, and we don't want any of that. This is what's setting you up to walk in the clarity of those things. You cannot afford to allow garbage in your heart towards anybody. You can't afford it. Why do I say you can't afford it? Because even though the other party might have wronged you, for you to be mad about it is keeping you in a prison, not them. How long?
long will you allow somebody else to keep you locked up in a prison? You know, you've heard the famous quote, unforgiveness is like drinking poison, hoping the other person gets hurt. Romans 8, 14 through 15. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again. But you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Come on. Come on. Oh, I, I need to read this. This is not part of my deal here, but I'm going to go there right now. Uh, and I'm going to read that from the Passion Translation. Those two verses, let me quickly go there in the Passion Translation. Thank you, Jesus. Passion Translation, where are you? And let's go to Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 14. Listen to how it says here, the same two verses. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And then it says, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into fear of never being good enough. I tell you what, that right there is the telltale. If you are being led back into a place of never, let me just tell you right now, you are not good enough because of you. You are good enough because of His righteousness working on the inside of you. And the Father does not look at you based on your goodness. He looks at you as good because of Christ's perfect righteousness that has become one with you. You are good because of His righteousness working in you. And that is something not even Adam in the garden possessed. Ho, ho! That is, I'll say that, that is something that not even Adam in the garden before he sinned possessed. He, he possessed righteousness, but his was only as good as his ability to say no to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Ours has been given to us, not on our ability of saying no to the tree of good and evil. It was based on him giving it to us as a free gift. Adam was in the right and then went into the wrong. Are you with me? And we were in the wrong and he brought us into the right. Adam couldn't undo it to go back into the right. Jesus undid it for us so that we could go back into the right. Oh. All right. And you did not receive the spirit of duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel, there's that word again, and you will never feel orphaned. For as He rises up within us, 
our spirits join Him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father or Abba Father. Come on, somebody. All right. We're getting there. Cody is right in the spirit. There must be a roast in the oven. The music started. That's his way of saying, come on, this is me helping you to land the plane now. I've got a roast in the oven. You know, faith without hints is dead, right? I'm just kidding. No, he's just loving it so much. The only thing he's contributing is that beautiful extra atmosphere to it. Love you, Coco. Cody Coco. Let's continue here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 through 12. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit and the other the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit to another, faith by the same Spirit to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit to another, uh, effecting of miracles and to another, prophecy and to another, distinguishing of spirits to another, various kinds of tongues and to another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same uh, works, the one and the same Spirit works in all of these distributing to each one accordingly as He wills for even uh, for even as the body is one and yet has many members and 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 all members of the body though they are many are one body so also is Christ but He's given us all of these manifestations. What's that got to do with speaking in tongues? Because when you are speaking in tongues and the will of God is being released for your life, and you are connected to the source of power then all of these things are going to become, you know, we, we need to be a supernaturally natural people. Are you with me? I don't want to get ahead of myself. Oh my Lord, I am so behind here. But, but these things begin to work and we begin to operate in the gifts. I just wanted to stop here as a side note. It says here, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So He gives us as He wills. For even as the body is one and yet has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body and so also is Christ. So, I just want to show you something that, you know, how many of us have have said, you know, we can operate in the gifts as He wills. Okay, we've heard that, right? Right. That's not what the Bible says. He says He distributes to each one the gifts as He wills. Right? Right. So when He gives you something, it's a gift, right? The Bible is talking about a gift. So He's distributed to each and every one of you a gift. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody gives me a PlayStation 5 game, just making something up right now. Pastor Gabe gives me a PlayStation 5 game. He gave me the game as a gift. Is that gift as he wills now? Or is that gift being given to me to use as I will? 
So the Holy Spirit has given to each one gifts as He wills. And when He gives you a gift, He doesn't take it back. The Bible says that the gifts and the callings are without repentance. So did He give you the gift or is He playing, sorry, just, this is just a game. I'll give it to you today. I'll take it back tomorrow. He's not playing those games with us. The gifts are as He wills and He has dispensed those gifts to us already as He wills. And He wills. He really wills it. Because He is really willing that you use it. So what, are, what am I saying is we can't hide behind the veil of false humility. Well, you know, somebody needs this and spiritually you need something from the Lord and, and I'm coming in. I've got to be postured in confidence to say, God has given me a gift. Thank you, Lord. I will use that gift right now. He gave you the gift to use it. Don't get religious on me. Well, we've got to, you can't just go in there and do that because it's as he, no, he already willed it. He gave it to me to use it. Just think about that. This is not like either he gave you the gift or he didn't. Now, don't be arrogant. Pride comes before the fall. So that's what I'm saying is don't be like an idiot about it. Well, I'm, listen, it was given to you as a gift. Number one, you, were, you never even had it. He gave it to you. So just remember, he gave it to you. That wasn't yours. Now you think you're all that in a bag of chips? No, no, no. Humble yourself. And always position yourself and say, Lord, everything I have and everything you've given to me is because of you. And then walk in the spirit of humility. At the same time, be confident of what He's given you. Don't walk in a religious posture, walk in a confident posture of being a child of God. Hey, I know who my daddy is. Do you know who my daddy is? I know who my daddy is and this is what he gave to me. And guess what? I know I can do it. Why? Because he gave it to me. You got a problem? Go talk with him about it. Who's your daddy? All right. So this is me actually wrapping it up right now. So number four, and I'm not going to go through the verses uh, here. Um, a, spirit, the, a, a spirit language is the greatest gift the Holy Spirit can give a believer. Reason number four. Reason number five, our spirit language enables us to have spirit-to-spirit -spirit communication with God. I think that's a pretty good reason to brain tongues. Number six, praying in tongues builds and increases our faith. Romans 12 verse six, I'm gonna read these because this is an important one. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, since we have gifts that differ according to His grace. So He gave us each different gifts according to His grace. Again, He gave us those gifts according to His grace, but He gave them to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, accordingly to the proportion of his faith. Jude chapter one, verse 20. But you beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit 
or directly translated, praying in tongues, building up your most holy faith, praying in tongues. So praying in tongues will build you up in your most holy faith. Come on, if we walk out of this door here uncertain of whether we should pray in tongues or not, I cannot help you from that point onwards and I will pray for you by the help of the Holy Spirit. Number seven, praying in tongues activates the fruit of the Spirit. We can go, think about it, the fruit of the Spirit, read it. It's in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Romans 8, chapter, uh, verse 8, 29. Number eight, praying in our spirit language is the main way we fulfill the scriptural admonition to pray without ceasing. Amen. Okay, I have to say something here. Can we stop being a people that are just so moved on feelings only? Faith doesn't operate by how you feel. You know, you can feel 100% contrary, but you can be in a position and say, I don't care how I'm feeling right now. I walk by faith. God does not respond to feelings. He responds to faith. God only comprehends faith posture. He does not understand feelings posture. He's not moved by how you feel. He's not moved whether you feel good. He's not moved on how bad you feel when you woke up. He's moved by your posture of faith. Only. Why am I saying that? In your prayer language. Well, you know, I just don't feel very spiritual sometimes when I'm praying. Sometimes I pray in the Spirit and after 10 minutes or maybe five, or sometimes I can just pray in tongues and I feel this connection. How many of you can, I know what it's, I, I, how many of you can ever pray in tongues and you feel like, and there's a flow and whatever, and you can just sense it. And that's okay. But it's also equally okay to pray and feel nothing. Because God's not based, He's not communicating with you on your feelings when you pray. When you pray in the Spirit, you're showing God, it doesn't matter how I feel, I might feel physically exhausted right now, but I'm gonna carry on praying. You're dealing with your flesh, it's not a feeling. And sometimes you just need to pray in the Holy Ghost and pray in the Holy Ghost and build up your spiritual prayer muscles. Because if you're gonna leave it up to your feelings and your flesh, your flesh is not gonna wanna do it. Does that help somebody? Maybe just start out praying the Spirit for 10 minutes if you're tired. And then pray, just pray. Remember, when you pray and you don't feel anything, just remind yourself. It doesn't matter how I feel, how I pray in the Spirit right now. I'm in the attitude of faith that God responds to the language of faith. I pray by faith in the Spirit right now. Heaven hears me. Whether you feel nothing or not. Let me ask you, are you saved because you feel saved today? Or are you saved because you know you're saved? If you wake up tomorrow depressed and you don't know how to get out of bed, are you saved? 
Okay, so was it about feelings? No. No. You are a child of God and you're having a, a bad day. Something happened to you the night before you woke up or you, or you woke up to a phone call that just really set your day up on it. It didn't change the fact that you were saved. It just changed your emotional, come on, your emotional awareness or your emotional state, but nothing changed. And it's the same way when you pray in your prayer language. Same principle. And I'm telling you right now, heaven has richly provided all things. This isn't about you trying to earn any of it. At the same time, realise that it's all been paid for. You can't earn it. But I want to sharpen my spiritual senses through prayer to understand how to get all of it. I'm not tapping into all that's available. And I believe that through prayer, as I exercise and I bring my flesh into subjection and I stand in faith, that God's gonna give me the divine wisdom to bring from heaven into the realm of the earth everything that He's richly provided to me. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then number nine, the Holy Spirit directs our spiritual language. And this is probably the most important one. The Holy Spirit directs our spiritual language to pray in accordance with the will of God. Of God. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of the Father. So when I pray in the Spirit, in essence, I am praying the perfect prayer. Say this, when I pray in the Spirit, I am praying perfectly. Oh, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? Hallelujah. How many of you glad you came to church today? I'm officially, I've just officially landed the plane. But there's many more verses to go with those statements. Each statement was backed up with at least three or four scriptures. So I want to encourage you, church. We're not going to compromise on the things that is directly involved with producing the power of God to bring the will of God into the lives of the believers. Yet we find so much of us backing, when I say us, I'm talking about us, the editorial us, the generality of what's out there. We will not compromise. It doesn't matter. This is critical for the church. Praying in the Spirit is critical for your future. It's critical for your walk with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. You may all stand this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Go ahead. You can stand. That was being legit. <laughs> hallelujah. Uh, uh, and I'm going to pray. Uh, but before we do that, just keep your eyes on the screens. For those of you that are watching by way of live stream, let's go to the next slide. 
If you are giving today, there is an offering box to my right, your left. There are envelopes. Just take an envelope. If you are writing out checks, make them out to DRM or uh, Destiny Revival Ministries, whichever suits you. Um, and then you can pop that envelope there if you're doing cash. If you want to give online, go to www.destinyrevivalministries.com. Click on the, I think it's called Our Support or Give Today. There's something called Support or Give Today on the website. Click on that and you'll be able to give safely and securely. If you want to give online, you can also do that here. And then lastly, we have the last option, which is Text, to, text the word GIVE to 337 That's 337 And you will receive a link that you can click on to give safely and securely. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You, Lord, for the precious Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Lord, we thank You for the Word that has come forth today. Lord, I thank You for those who have their spiritual prayer language that are already filled with the Spirit. Father, that they, Lord, will, will remove the dust that they've allowed that, that prayer language to, to just be in a corner and, and, it's, and it's accumulated dust. Father, I thank You that the fan and the wind of the Holy Spirit is coming to blow the dust right off of that divine weapon as a gift that You've given to us, that they begin to revive it by faith, not on feelings in Jesus' Name. Father, I thank You, Lord. Let them begin to exercise it. Let them to be, let them, Lord, let them, I pray. Holy Spirit, do me a favour. I'm asking You to do me a favour, Holy Spirit. I pray that when they wake up in the morning, every day, starting tomorrow, that You will remind them to pray in the Spirit. Remind them. I mean, come on, that's the best reminder. We're not even asking your cell phone to set the reminder. We're asking the Holy Spirit to be your reminder. And He's gonna come like a gentle nudge. He's gonna come and He's gonna say, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues. And that's gonna be your indication. Okay, let me pray. And then when He does, will you, will you, will you follow through and just pray? Because when He does it, He's gonna do it in the exact perfect timing where you can do it. You know, you know, it might be on your way to work. It might be, He's gonna put you in a position where you can do it, where it's not gonna be a hindrance to anybody around you. Remember, you're edifying. This is for edifying yourself. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank You that as they begin to respond to Your Spirit concerning this, Lord, that You would just bring a great increase and in flow to their lives, Father, in Jesus' mighty Name. Father, we thank You that as each one goes their separate ways today, Lord, I thank You for Your hand of favour, Your hand of blessing, Your hand of abundance, Your hand of provision, Your hand of protection that continues to go wherever they go, Father. I thank You for a new supernatural boldness to understand that they are called and gifted by You, that You have graced them with gifts that belong to them. Lord, let them be bold about those gifts that You've given to them. In the Name of Jesus, we give You all the honour and the glory. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Be blessed.